By now, we have all seen a picture of the virus. That gray sphere with spiky protrusions coming out from it, those spike glycoproteins that have brought the world to its knees. Those spiky protrusions have mortally wounded over 60,000 people worldwide so far. And they have punctured families, cities, entire nations. And all of us watching this are doing what we can. We are practicing physical distancing. We're staying at home as much as we can. Not only is this wise, but it's also now the law in many places. And so we are being obedient to the civil authorities. And we're also cleaning. I don't know about you, but my hand washing has easily doubled to tripled in the past couple of weeks. And I'm cleaning everything more, the countertops, the doorknobs, even the food and the packaging in which it comes. If I have to go through a drive-thru and get some fast food, I'll bring it home, dump it all out of its containers, and put it in the microwave for 30 seconds. This has changed our lives in so many ways. Over the past few weeks, we've been hearing in the epistle readings from Hebrews about the ritual purity code in the law of Moses in the Old Testament, about how there were certain instances in which the ancient Jews had to receive cleansing. For instance, when they encountered death or they were victim of a skin disease like leprosy. They had to receive cleansing through waiting and washing and sacrifice, three practices to which I think we can all relate very well today. But we hear something else in the epistle reading today. And that is that there is more to clean than just our exterior flesh, our minds and hearts and our consciences within have been infected by dead works and therefore need to be cleansed and purified. And what exactly are these dead works, these works of death? Well, they are anything that takes us away from worshiping and serving the living God. Every failure to keep his commandments, every deliberate engagement with a thought or a feeling that draws us away from him, every turning away from the giver of life to the gifts that he gives us, every time we make those gifts into a false god, an idol that we wrongly believe can give us life. Those are dead works. The dead works that have infected our minds and hearts and consciences. But the good news for us today is that Christ, the King of glory, came to become a human, to offer his blood, his very humanity for us, so that we can be cleansed within us, not just on the outside. He came to offer himself, his very humanity, his blood for us, not to appease some sort of angry God who was requiring some kind of payment for our sins. That's not 
our theology. He came out of love for his suffering creation to give them a way back into the paradise they have lost, to give them a means to cleanse the inner person for us who are his orphan children who live in this dark and cold universe that ends in death, he said, no. Instead, I'm going to open the door to the warmth of my Father's house and allow all of you to become adopted sons and daughters of him. This is the mystery of the cleansing blood of Christ, which unfortunately we cannot receive physically in the churches because we cannot gather together right now as we used to gather to receive the life-giving body and blood of Christ. Those spiky glycoproteins of the coronavirus have punctured our church communities as well. I'm sure you probably know this, but the coronavirus is so named because of those spiky protrusions from its surface that make it resemble a crown. And we hear the word corona in the word coronation, which means the crowning of a king or queen. But even as this viral crown threatens us with death, there is a spiritual crown that awaits us in the hands of God, awaits us who through his grace, working together with him, cleanse ourselves to receive this spiritual crown. Since we cannot gather to receive physically the body and blood of Christ, I offer you three things that you can do wherever you are. A gem, if you will, for the spiritual crown that you could receive from Christ. And to help you remember, it spells out the word gem. So G is for give generously. Give generously. And for each of these three things, we draw inspiration from the saints whom we commemorate today. Give generously, just like Saints Theodora and Didymus. They lived centuries ago in a time of persecution. And Saint Theodora was a young woman who had consecrated herself to Christ who had dedicated herself as a virgin in chastity to follow Christ. And when she was found by the authorities who challenged her, instead of denying Christ, she confessed him. And what did they do? They sought to destroy this precious gift of her virginity, her chastity that she wanted to offer to Christ, and they sent her to a brothel. The first person who went to visit her in that brothel was a man named Didymus. He was a soldier. But instead of having his way with her, he was converted at once by her purity because she had been cleansed by the blood of Christ. And clothing her in his uniform, giving her his weapons, he allowed her to escape from the place and leave. You can only imagine what happened when the next guy came in the room. What a surprise that was. So he was eventually found out, and they were both taken to the authorities. And they asked Didymus, why did you do this? And he said quite calmly that he was expecting a double crown, one for rescuing this bride of Christ from debauched men, and the other the crown of his own martyrdom, which, of course, he received 
along with Saint Theodora. When we consider the sacrifice of the saints and how they give their entire life to Christ, is it so much for us to give a little time in prayer for the sick and suffering around the world who are at the mercy of the coronavirus? Is it so difficult for us to give a little of the extra time that we have in prayer? Is it so difficult for us to give a little of the extra money that we have or the extra material goods that we have to the over 10 million people in this country who have filed for unemployment? So I challenge you, remember Saints Theodora and Didymus and give generously, not so that you have nothing, but to the extent that you're able. Share with those in need. E in the word gem is for embrace exile. Embrace exile, just like St. Mary of Egypt, who we commemorate today. She was the very opposite of the St. Theodora we just talked about. She grew up in Alexandria and lived a completely debauched life. She wasn't working as a prostitute because she needed the money. She was engaging in all that kind of behavior because she was driven by the fire of her own carnal, fleshly desire. But one day, on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, she entered the Church of the Resurrection and found that she was blocked from going into the church to venerate the Holy Cross of Christ by this invisible force. And she knew in that moment that it was her life, her sinful life, that was preventing her from going in. And so she turned and went to the icon of another Mary, the Theotokos and Virgin Mary, the mother of Christ, and prayed to her that she would receive the grace, the ability to go in and venerate, and promised that if that would happen, that she would change her life. She felt this weight released and she was able to go into the church, venerate the cross of Christ. And she came back to the icon and heard a voice, if you cross the Jordan, you will find rest. And so she went to the Jordan River, was baptized in the Jordan River, received communion, and went across the river into the Palestinian desert. The desert, a place of purification, of cleansing, that burns away every non-essential activity. She spent 40 seven years in the desert and she was transformed from a sinful profligate woman into an angel upon the earth so holy that she was able to walk on water like christ so holy that when saint zosimas came to meet her she greeted him by name someone whom she had never met so holy that at her death, when St. Zosimas could not dig a grave because of the hardness of the ground, a lion came up and licked her feet, a wild beast, and then dug a grave for her with his own paws. So St. Mary of Egypt invites us to embrace the exile that we have entered into. We're not exiled into the Palestinian desert or into the Egyptian desert, a place of dust and sand dunes and no life. We are exiled from the life we used to know. We're exiled from gathering in public places, from being able to see our friends and family up close and personal. We're exiled from all the activities of life that we used to be able to engage in. But embrace exile. For just as the sin of St. Mary of Egypt was burned away in the purifying fire of the desert, 
so every non-essential activity of your life that keeps you from your connection with God, that keeps you from knowing him, could be burned away during this time of exile induced by the coronavirus. So don't waste it. Embrace exile. And it's difficult because even though we are exiled from all of this activity, we still have the internet and we can fill our minds with all kinds of information and noise and it's very difficult to gain the silence of exile. And so your greatest weapon here is the remembrance of the name of Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. Kyrie Jesu Christe eleison me. Over and over and over again. As many times as there are grains of sand in the desert. And the final practice brothers and sisters, the M in Jem, is to make marriage more meaningful. So the coronavirus has drastically changed family life. Everyone is all at home together. And some people are wondering what will kill them first, the coronavirus or their spouse or their children or their, their family. Other people have been separated and they're far apart and you can't see them up close and personal. Sure, you can see their face on a screen or hear their voice on the phone, but it's not nearly as rich as being in person with someone. But here we turn to two other saints whom we remember today, Saint Theodora, a different Theodora, and her daughter Theopista. Saint Theodora was the daughter of a priest whose wife died, and then who gave his daughter Theodora into the care of her godmother, and he himself went into a monastery to live the rest of his days in the monastic life. Saint Theopista grew up, and she married, and she had three children, two of whom died. And she said to her husband, perhaps thinking of her own life, perhaps we should dedicate this child to God. And so they sent their daughter Theopista into a monastery, and shortly after, the husband died, and St. Theodora herself went into the monastery, not into the same monastery as her daughter, but after a while, they ended up in the same place. And the abbess of the monastery saw a potential problem because she knew how powerful the emotions and feelings can be between family members. And she said to them, I don't want you to have any contact with each other beyond what is necessary. And they were obedient. And so they became like sisters in Christ, and they didn't exclude the rest of the sisters of the monastery from relationship with them. And in an interesting turn of events, when the abbess of the monastery died, Saint Theopista was appointed as the next abbess, and so the biological daughter of Saint Theodora became her spiritual mother. It's a beautiful story. And it reminds us of the temptation to get entangled in family relationships. It reminds us that God has given us these family relationships to teach us about his love for us and to teach us how to love. The M in Gem, make marriage more meaningful, is to contemplate and to remember the crowns with which you were crowned at your marriage. When the priest said, O Lord our God, crown them with glory and honor. Those crowns are symbols of the mutual sacrifice we enter into in marriage. Remember this little gem 
and do these things to polish it. Give generously. Embrace exile. Make marriage more meaningful. And remember, brothers and sisters, remember that this is not the first time that someone has experienced suffering because of spiky thorns. Remember that our Lord was crowned with a crown of thorns, which was pressed onto his head and drew blood that he shed for us for the cleansing of our hearts and minds and for our salvation. His crown of thorns became a crown of glory. And as the world is brought to its knees by the coronavirus, may we also be brought to our knees as we approach the great and holy days when we remember the life-giving passion and crucifixion and resurrection of Christ. And by his grace, may the coronavirus with its spiky glycoproteins become for us a crown of spiritual victory.